0: From the dark web to your radio dial, you are listening to Cybertalk Radio on News 1200 WOAI. Welcome to
1: Cybertalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year internet security veteran. I'm joined this week by a returning guest. Uh, Jim, thank you for coming back to the program. Thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. So last time you you were here, you were the Executive Vice President of Business Development for Port San Antonio, and we'll get into what Port San Antonio was in a minute, but I wanted to congratulate you on your promotion uh, to CEO. As we were talking before you get on the air, uh, I think Jim's officially in his title has interim CEO, but uh, as a CEO of a company myself, I'll say we're all interim. We're all here until we're not. So... Uh, specifically in the program today, we're going to be talking about Project Tech uh, out at Port S.A. Uh, so uh, to start off, uh, just Jim, can you give
0: uh, folks a little background uh, for yourself and Port San Antonio? Sure. Uh, Port San Antonio, as many people in town know, is the redevelopment of the old Kelly Air Force Base. And we do two things there, and we think we do two things very well. Number one, we'd still do the old aviation work, repair some of the biggest planes on the planet, do some of the engine work. But the real growth market is with the cybersecurity and the applied technology. Yeah. So for for those uh, in San Antonio and the geography, the way I, I keep
1: track of stuff is uh, Lackland is on the left side of town and Randolph is on the right side of town. So Kelly used to be over by Lackland.
0: That's right. In fact, a good chunk of Lackland used to be part of Kelly. Yeah.
1: And then... Uh, over at Lackland now, you've got the, the 24th and 25th Air Force, which are doing uh, lots of cyber stuff, mm-hmm. which that geography allows you now as a privatized base uh, for redevelopment there
0: uh, for different cybersecurity companies to locate out there where their customers at. That's exactly right. If you're doing military cybersecurity, if you're working with the government you're not going to get any closer to the customer than being on our property. Yeah, and so this is is kind of what led to
1: the genesis of Project Tech out there, which is a, a building that was announced in May here in San Antonio. That's right. So how, how did that project come to fruition? Because this, I think uh, the base realignment, closure, redevelopment is uh, something that's happening here all across town. You've got the, what's going on out at Port San Antonio. You have Brooks uh, City Base is another one here. For So for those listeners in our audience, help them learn a little bit more about how does this whole process work?
0: Well, the, the BRAC process is relatively simple to state but really, really complex to do. When the government decides that they have an excess military installation, They turn it over to the local community, the local community develops what they call a local redevelopment authority to take title to it, and then you figure out what you're going to do with it. Most communities around the country that have taken on an old government installation have turned it into some private development. You look up at Mueller, and while that's an airport up in Austin, turned into a shopping center and somewhat of an entertainment district, and that's what you see with most of these in san antonio we did something a little bit different we wanted to see because these were such important job generators for the community how we could keep those jobs how we could grow those jobs and we could really keep san antonio moving forward yeah so if you go out there at the the base so you had kind of the
1: first phase of this and port san antonio has been around as the port for how long now as the
0: port a little over 10 12 years the being a privatized base since 1998 the yeah. base was closed in 2001 but 1998 was the official transfer okay so yeah over the the last 20 years now and so if
1: you're you're driving along uh, out through that area you see all sorts of activity it doesn't certainly look closed you guys you said the aeronautics and uh, aviation fills up a good chunk of land but h- how much more land is out there for uh,
0: growth in the the cyber side of things Oh, hundreds of acres. We have about 1,900 acres that makes up the entire property, and we have many hundreds of acres that are still ready to be developed. So, yeah, this is is one uh,
1: inside San Antonio. uh, Lots of growth opportunities inside our city limits still because the base is completely within city limits, correct? It is, yes. Yeah. So all the city services already there, if you want to build, grow, uh, you can go do that. And then there may be
0: um, incentives as well, to a certain extent, for building in a realigned area. Well, there are incentives that are available, but some of the best incentives, number one, you really can't be closer to your customer. Whether it's a government customer, whether it's a private sector customer, you have the ability to be there. In terms of the backbone, particularly for folks who are involved in cybersecurity, We're fed by two different substations, two different fiber optic lines. If you're involved in classified work, we have the ability to run the classified lines right to the buildings. But more than that, there are some things that we can do because we are a political subdivision of the state that most developers can't do. Number one, we don't pay taxes on the property that we own. So if you're leasing property from us, that property is not on the tax rolls, which can be a pretty good savings depending on the type of building that you're giving. But when we talk about incentives, we think the real incentive is this deliberate collisions that we're making between industries. You know, as you know, because you're in this industry, the future of cybersecurity is not just network cybersecurity. It's applying it to manufacturing, it's applying it to aviation, to energy, to healthcare, to everything else. You are not going to get a better laboratory for that than you're going to find at Port San Antonio. We're talking so much today about Project Tech as being this first cyber building. And it is, but it's so much more than that. We've got massive industrial facilities when it comes time to develop SCADA programs, industrial control systems, or the applications of it. We can model that out there. So if you need to build a factory floor, you need to build a power grid, we have the ability to do that on the property, and you can apply that cybersecurity there. Yeah, so, I mean, there's
1: enough space out there to think through all of these. um, We've talked about on the program the uh some of the problems with the consumer side of the internet of things but Mm -hmm. as our industrial systems become uh much more internet connected and as those industrial systems become much more computerized from a control perspective uh, it's great when things are working well Uh, we can be much more responsive to uh, water mains breaking you can reroute things more quickly you can Uh, close off pipes so we're not wasting water in an area where uh, something shouldn't uh, be going anymore because of some damage Uh, but on the flip side of that if someone's using these electronic controls for nefarious means they can make bad changes to the system at scale where before they may have had to go around and crank a bunch of manual valves themselves and uh, our physical police authorities are pretty good at arresting people when they sneak onto SAWS property or CPS property uh, but if you can sneak onto that property uh, from another country over the Internet, it's
0: a little bit more difficult for the Bear County sheriffs or SAPD to come arrest you. Oh, that's exactly right. And that's why we're so excited about San Antonio. There's a lot of talk about Austin. There's a lot of talk about a lot of communities that do one or two things very well. What we do in San Antonio is we have such deep silos of real, real skills. Companies like yours that are really, really know what they're talking about with cybersecurity big manufacturers big industrial operations and what project tech really is it's not a building it's a concept of let's close the loop let's bring the people who have the solutions to these technological problems put them right next door to the people that want to buy those solutions close the market and really create something that grows yeah And and this happens, um,
1: I see, from a a pure kind of cyber perspective uh, very often, is you have the cybersecurity professionals off in a bubble, and maybe Mm -hmm. they're working for a specialty firm doing their thing, they're seeing attacks, they're monitoring attacks, and they're trying to figure out how to remediate and patch systems that have already been built by someone, um, and they're attempting to band-aid it or put additional layers of security around a system that cannot necessarily be hardened or secured. Um, because of the way the system was initially designed. Uh, And now firms are trying to add cybersecurity professionals into their design and development process, but there's kind of a shortage of them, a huge shortage of them. We've talked about that uh, on the program here. Uh, quite a bit, and as we keep referencing uh, past uh, programs or, or former content, you can find it all online on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com, uh, as well as on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting services. So if you wanted to hear kind of the evolution over the last uh, about year and a half of what's going on out at the port, uh, Jim talked to us on episode 11 right uh, at the beginning of our show, and now here we are, uh, week number 93. Uh, we're on the air basically every week we might have skipped one or two over the last year i think there've been some playoff basketball games and uh maybe this final four thing that was in town here for a little while i don't think we got to air that final four weekend yeah i mean as you look at this cybersecurity uh talent shortage is how do you get those specialty firms integrated and involved in the manufacturing design and those folks can't fly back and forth all the time right. they they They're not going to go to where your manufacturing is at. You're going to need to bring your manufacturing or your quality control process towards to those cyber folks
0: uh, to get that integration and involvement. Oh, that's exactly right. And, in fact, that's what got us thinking about this whole project tech concept. A couple years back, we were off at an Aviation Week conference, and we were talking to an airline that had spent an awful lot of money with a Silicon Valley firm to develop an app. And when they got the app, it just didn't work right for them. It was doing exactly what the app was supposed to do, but they didn't know what data to capture, and they didn't know what format to spit that data back out to the mechanics. And one of the airline folks said, you know what we'd really like? We'd really like to have those people who know what they're doing on the technology side right in the same room with us so that we can walk it through. Because if we knew enough to be able to define what we were looking for, we could probably go ahead and create that app ourselves. It's that 10%, that solution that we're looking for, that there is just no substitute but for innovation through collaboration, just getting people right next to each other.
1: Oh, and, and as software starts to get uh, even further integrated into business processes and manufacturing processes, uh, it, the industry specific domain knowledge becomes more and more important. It's not, it's, so software is no longer technology that is a tool built in an abstract, generic manner. Um, and it's now something that is built very integrated and specific into uh, each system, each industry, each area. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert in. Uh, water control valves, but I'm certain that they are significantly different than uh, electronic uh, for the the power grid distribution. So the problems you end up with water flowing through pipes is certainly different than electricity flowing through lines. Um, And those differences make to where routing software is not the same for both, the security problems are not the same for both, and uh, without that industry-specific knowledge, uh, you can't
0: build a high-quality uh, secure system. Oh, you're absolutely right. There are, there's one company we have on the property we're really proud of. They're just out of stealth mode, so we can talk about them. It's called Plus One Robotics. And what they're doing is exactly what you're talking about. They're taking industrial robots, which are a known commodity at this point in time, and they are retrofitting sensor arrays onto the robots so they can see and an artificial intelligence so that they can think, which opens up a whole new world of opportunity for that industry. You're seeing the same thing go on in aviation. You got airplanes now that may be 10, 15, 20, 30 years old. They've still got decades of life ahead of them, but they need to be brought up to the new communication standard. They need to be brought up to the new security standard. And to do that, you need somebody who not only knows the technology, but somebody who knows how to go in there and actually install it on an airplane. And the, the one thing I'd say, and I think this is really, really important for San Antonio, We keep hearing about the problems with venture capital in San Antonio. We keep hearing that there is difficulty getting it. And I think there's probably some truth to that. But you look at the corporations that are willing to invest. Lockheed Martin just announced recently they're putting another $100 million into their venture fund. Airbus has a fund, A3, that they've got out there. JetBlue, United, GE, the list goes on and on. Boeing with Horizon X. These are companies that are looking for solutions. And part of what we want to do with Project Tech is really not just port-centric, it's city-centric. We want to show off the capabilities that we have throughout this community, whether you're downtown, whether you're north side, south side, east side, or west side. And this is the place where you can apply those technologies and really make some money. Yeah. And, and I think this is one where you, you look at the, the standalone sort of early stage. And when
1: people think venture capital, I think they, they're thinking Silicon Valley firms that are, are sponsoring the funding of the next great consumer thing. And mm-hmm. in San Antonio, certainly a shortage for that, but there's also not a ton of consumer app focused uh, entrepreneurs here in town. Uh, and then on the, the flip side of that is the. I'm gonna call it the unsexy tech, which is is what a lot of this is. Like if if you uh, go talk to kids and then what do they want to work on? It's things that impact their life. It's the next Instagram, um, and then you get much fewer and far between. If you you go home and you 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 tell your friends that you're working on the security routing for avionics uh, communication between the uh, ground radar at an airport and the airplanes to make them more efficient for takeoff and landing, your friend's eyes start to glaze over. They're like, oh, why do I want to talk to you about this? <laughs> uh, but I mean, those are things where there's tons of money out there for that. If, if you could make airports run 5% more efficiently because they can get planes um, up off the, the runway more quickly, if they can land more planes, if they can Um, Do that in a way to where the, the planes are burning less fuel, circling around and improving flight routes. There's lots and lots of dollars in there. And I think there's no shortage of
0: venture capital in a place like San Antonio for ideas like that. That's absolutely right. You know, you can think of it as being unsexy and it probably is. It becomes an awful lot sexier when you're the one on that airplane and you want to make sure that your position is being accurately reported and accurately tracked. So you're
1: listening to 1200 WAI. This is Cyber Talk Radio, and I'm your host Brett Pyatt, joined by Jim Perschbach, the CEO out at Port San Antonio. Uh, we're talking about uh, Project Tech, which is a building in a way, but it's also a, a bigger arc uh, for. The port, if you uh, just turned your radio on right now, you can listen to the rebroadcast and replay of this on Tuesday, July the 10th. It'll go up on our website uh, as well as on our YouTube channel where you can see an amazing black and white still photo. Maybe we'll even put it up in color this time of of Jim and I, but you will not get to see live video uh, of us uh, uh, here on this broadcast. So you can uh, also find us on iTunes or uh, Pocket Cast, which happens to be my favorite Android podcasting app. But you could pick any one of them out there and uh, get this content uh, or Jim's previous visit or uh, any of the other ones where if you're wondering, you know what, I want to get involved in some of this stuff. I I like this idea. I've got uh, an uh, aeronautic uh, engineering background. I don't have a computer background. I want to learn more about how do I learn some of the cybersecurity pieces uh, we've had on Folks from the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy... Uh, talking about what they're doing for um, active duty military or retired military veterans, uh, folks from CodeUp, folks from uh, Open Cloud Academy, and all sorts of ways you can start to get a tech education to get into uh, these career paths and these jobs or to advance yourself at the, your company you're at right now. Because if you, you came into your boss tomorrow and said, Not only do I know how to, to work on airframes and plug technology into them, but I, I've now learned how to actually make that tech better. Um, there's ways we can improve the patching and updating and maintenance and all those sorts of things that uh, will make all of our embedded systems uh, better over the next decade uh, then those education opportunities are here for you and those job opportunities are here yeah so uh, out at at port san antonio one of the the things as well as uh, as we started to rebuild our, our tech ecosystem here in san antonio we I'd say we, we had a ton of tech jobs uh, at&t packed up and moved mostly out of downtown here took many of those uh, tech r&d jobs with them uh, up to to dallas we've regrown um, in downtown san antonio it is this started to happen um uh, and this is still where i point point folks is, is they say where are the tech jobs in San Antonio? I point them over to the career page at that Port San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So uh, how are you guys uh, doing on uh, kind of curating that? Do you track any stats around uh, what's posted out there and how that's been going?
0: We do. We do. We, we believe that this year alone we're on track to create over a thousand new jobs just down at the port and that doesn't count all the other jobs that are being supported throughout the community We have one challenge when it comes to tracking jobs. Because of the government and the security nature of this, a lot of the companies that come in and a lot of the employers will not release those job figures. Yeah. So some of it becomes a little bit of guesswork, some of it becomes intentionally vague, but easily this year we'll be at over 1,000 new jobs created just on our 1,900 acre campus. Yeah, and if, if I do the math, you've got Project Tech opening up, so that's mm-hmm.
1: a ninety thousand square foot building. My rough back of the envelope says if you put two hundred square foot per person, mm-hmm. um, you're going to end up with four hundred and fifty people just in that building. Right. Um, yeah, and then there's all of the stuff uh, out there. So for folks uh, listening and learning, maybe a little bit about the San Antonio community uh, on the west side of our our city. There's a uh, all sorts of uh, different whether it's Air Force out there, the 24th and 25th, or you can go on Google Maps and you can Google NSA Texas. You'll see a building out there. Um, you call the NSA on the phone, though, and ask them how many people work at that building, and they will tell you we won't disclose that number. Right. Yeah. So there's uh, a lot of
0: vagary uh, about yeah, how many folks are working, doing what type of work in all of these sorts of places. Well, you know, One of my favorite stories, this is about 25, 26 years ago. I'm old now, living up in D.C., The NSA at that time did not officially exist. Nobody would acknowledge or deny its existence. But if you drove up the BWI Parkway, you'd see a sign that said NSA next three exits. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's kind of hilarious. Uh, So if
0: folks wanted to uh, look for careers on that jobs board, what website and where can they go for that? They go to portsanantonio.us slash jobs. I like it. That's make it easy right there for the radio. So. That's good, and so this is. And I think one of
1: the things I can say about uh, kind of the privatization of the port that was not complicated. Whereas most of the things in the military and the, in the government sector, that might have been twenty-seven slashes in the URL to get there. But uh, not with you guys, uh, nimble, agile, related to all of this. But really making it easy for folks to uh, get in and integrate and work with.
0: Uh, the public sector out there. We we do, we do our best. But you know, this is something that the government and industry have really figured out as well that we need to get beyond. And one of the things we're excited about is what's going on in terms of government acquisitions. More detail than you need, but there is a panel that's been paneled by Congress called the Section 809 panel. And what they're looking at is how can we make the government a savvier commercial customer? How can we start using commercial technologies the challenge that you've got with the, with the government, with the military, is they're using acquisition systems that were designed in World War II and the Civil War. They're outdated. Yeah. And the concept was that the government was going to fund the R&D, and then you were going to commercialize it. What's going on now across the board is the innovation is going on in the private sector, and it's moving at such a speed. The government really needs to jump on and acquire those commercial technologies. That gets us back to this whole project tech concept which is you put them right next to each other so that the government can see what's going on in the private sector. The private sector has the opportunity to see what's going on in the government. And we talk about it as government. But the bureaucracy at a Fortune 25 company mirrors that. Oh, yeah, the exactly the same. And it's the same thing you've got. So ours is not just a government play. It's that private sector industry. And then one thing that we're excited about in San Antonio, you talk about critical infrastructure. We have in CPS Energy one of the largest municipally owned utilities anywhere on this planet. It does everything from production to distribution to retail. It does it in nuclear, it does it in new energy, it does it in traditional sources. That becomes really a nice laboratory for us to figure out how we're going to secure that critical infrastructure. And As we develop those technologies, and it won't be CPS developing those technologies, it'll be the private sector and the companies out there. That opens up an entire world market. We look at this and we say the market for this applied technology is measured in the dozens of trillions. It is absolutely huge. And San Antonio doesn't need to be the next Silicon Valley. We need to be the next San Antonio, the place where if you're trying to keep your industry relevant for the next hundred years, you're going to figure out how to do that in San Antonio. Yeah, and it, you
1: were listening along for our, the whole conversation. Jim had mentioned some of the, the aeronautics platforms that are out there. So an airframe for a plane may be good for
0: 50 years, maybe longer. I mean, we're still flying B-52s, aren't we? Still flying B-52s. There are DC-3s that are still flying around out there. I think there's even a Boeing 247 that's still flying. Yeah, so the the acquisition, when when he says acquisition, that's the government
1: purchasing thing. So Mm -hmm. if they were going to purchase a new platform, if you're designing and purchasing a new platform, that RFP could go on for five years if it's going to be in use for 50 or 70 or 80 years. Usually, And then if you're going to put new technology into that, so that B-52 that's flying around, the insides of it, not the same. Uh, There's nothing that's Um, still running all the flight control systems from World War II now. They're running updated flight control systems. And those type of systems might be on a one or two year long RFP, and they might be in production for 10 to 20 years, certain Mm -hmm. systems inside of the plane. So in that world, the acquisitions process works okay for them. I mean, it might be nice if they could go a little bit faster, but in the the cyber world, a, a platform might be useful for five years. And the actual uh, components running on that platform may only be useful for 90 days. And if if it takes you one to two years to buy something that's only good for 90 days
0: a year and a half ago, by the time you can buy it, it's no longer useful. That's absolutely right. And one of the things I guess we can talk about that in the next segment is how we're helping to fix that problem so that the government or the private sector can acquire those technologies at the speed of cyber. Yeah.
1: And, and this is, is changing um, not just across in the the aeronautics for the Air Force on their planes or the private sector on their airplanes. The speed at which new technology needs to be able to be rolled into the utility grid, into the water, into healthcare systems and, and all sorts of uh, areas where software and communications protocols are now embedded. Um, That The speed matters uh, everywhere there. And if we we don't get the speed into some of those systems, we're going to see, if you think you've seen tragedies now, it's going to get much bigger. So we're going to take a quick break here uh, at the bottom of the hour for news, traffic, and weather update. If uh, you're not going to be able to continue listening, again, we'll be uh, putting this up on the Internet on Tuesday, July the 10th at www.cybertalkradio.com. Welcome back to CyberTalk Radio. I'm your host, Brett Pyatt, a 20-year Internet security veteran. I'm joined this week uh, by more than a 20-year aeronautics and uh, becoming cybersecurity uh, industry veteran. Uh, Jim Perschbach, who is the interim CEO of Port San Antonio, uh, and a uh, port here uh, does not mean something you sail boats up to. Uh, if you want to learn more about the port, you can go to uh, portsanantonio.us. Uh, or you can just put Port San Antonio into your favorite search engine, and you'll find uh, all sorts of things about it. Uh, Jim's also been uh, on CyberTalk Radio with us in the past, so if you wanted to uh, listen to uh, him talking kind of more about the background, the history, and some of the the other aspects. Uh, look us up on iTunes or Pocket Cast or on our website at www.cybertalkradio.com, and you will be able to uh, learn uh, all about the port and what's going on there. Uh, this was uh, almost 18 months ago now that Jim uh, joined us early on in our CyberTalk Radio history, and uh, since then, uh, now there's uh, Project Tech, which I think was in the uh, idea phase back then. Now it's, it's real. It's opened. Uh, I had the uh, honor of going over to that grand opening ceremony here at the end of May. Uh, was a, a great day, a great event. Uh, sent some nice uh, pictures up. So if you look on my own personal uh, Twitter, uh, Bpiet, you can uh, see some photos I took there um, out the windows on that third floor of that building back to downtown, uh, all seven minutes, right? Roughly thereabouts. You're about mm-hmm. seven minutes from downtown. So people are like, Port San Antonio is in the middle of nowhere. Well, no. I mean, it's seven minutes away. It's closer than the I- uh, the 1604 and 1604. Uh, 281 interchange or even the i-10 and 1604 interchange from downtown that's absolutely right in fact
0: we come downtown to have lunch quite frequently
1: so uh, before we we took a, a break there at the bottom of the hour for news traffic and whether we're talking a little bit about procurement and the speeds of some of this we've talked with uh, rich valadez and some others about this concept of a cyber proving ground out there and some of those things how are how is that coming along to uh help everybody
0: speed up on the the acquisitions and procurement side of things I don't think it's coming along quite as quickly as everybody hoped it would because you still bump up against some of the same challenges that you've always had in government acquisition. How do you get into that cyber-proving ground? Who can get into that cyber-proving ground? What technical readiness level do you have to be at before you can get into the cyber-proving ground? So what we're looking at doing is something a little bit more creative and something we think will show off a lot more technologies. And we use as the base of that the San Antonio Museum of Science and Technology. said, there right now you have the history of technology and it's really a wonderful exhibit to go and see how we got to today the next step is going to be bringing in the current technologies that are being developed here in San Antonio and if you have a museum that's open to the public where people can see what's being developed people can get hands-on with what's being developed then for those who are looking to acquire those technologies whether they're government sector or private sector it is a lot easier to figure out how can I use that technology in my business, then trying to think about where your hole is, think about what your gap is, and how you're going to fill that gap, and then turn around and write an RFP for it. it. Gets back to that example we had talking to the airline. If you know that you have a cyber cyber problem, then you probably can figure out how to solve that cyber problem. What the state of most industry is is they think they have a cyber vulnerability. They don't know what it is, where it is, how to define it. But going out and seeing what's in the market, seeing what people are doing, that's the best way to come in and figure out how you're going to fill those capability gaps. And then with people like Dale Blasey and Drew Plissett and David Monroe, and doing the hard side of that as well, the maker space that they're building up down there, the ability to actually prototype something, the hard part is going to be, I'm pretty good at the software system side. The software system side is probably the strongest part of this. But it's just like if you're trying to break into a house. You're not going to go through that steel reinforced front door. You're going to go through the beautiful side light right next to it. Yeah. So figure out where the side light is and how you can harden that side light. But most important from the business perspective, you can't do that in such a way where you come in and you just armor the side light. You know, that that's going to ruin the business. It's going to ruin the look of what you're doing.
1: Yeah, that's why I, the. F- You've got the side light on the front door, so you can right. let light into the entryway. If you, you just put steel on that, too, then you've got a dark entryway and you've got a back cave. And right.
0: not everyone wants to live in the back cave. And, and isn't that really the challenge of cybersecurity? I mean, the easiest way to do this is have everything on a computer that's accessible only physically in that computer that's locked up in a vault and surrounded by people with machine guns. Yeah. Well, great concept, but how are you going to run a business that way?
1: No. Yeah, it's lots of stuff. Like you you look at the uh, operating systems, a lot of the uh, uh, naval ships are mm-hmm. not running the most current operating systems. This is not right. classified stuff, but, I mean, they're running operating systems that are 15 and 20 years old on Navy boats, but not the easiest thing for uh, a hacker to get access to the operating system on the Navy ship. Right.
0: Well, and you've seen that in the commercial side. You know, there's the famous story about the smart fish tank out there in Nevada. Yeah. Where you hack through that and you get the casino's financial data. You can shut down a factory through that connected coffee pot. The weaknesses are out there, but modeling those weaknesses and figuring out how you're going to secure them, that's that next challenge, and that's what Project Tech really means. It's not just a Port San Antonio building. It's not even just a Port San Antonio vision. It's part of this cyber corridor. How are we going to connect up San Antonio to the world? Yeah,
1: and uh, as so and thinking just uh, outside the port, and in between the port here and downtown, uh, for those that have not been uh, listening uh, to the news and reading and following along, um, the University of Texas San Antonio has been talking about a major expansion of their downtown campus uh, to include uh, some research uh, on the cyber side and some research collaboration there. So I would encourage you to, if you're interested in this, to go out, uh, look at some of the things that they've proposed and planned for that. And I think as you see those sorts of things come online, ideally here over the next five years, it's really going to feel like one big connected space between what's going on downtown, the UTSA campus there, and then on over to the port is is all going to be within a blur together. That's absolutely right. Yeah. So... Um, Uh, I know you just mentioned SAMSAT, and you're very familiar with it. Um, Most of our listening audience may not be, and if you're a school teacher out there, if you're you're a kid on a cyber patriot team and you're hearing this for the first time, we have a Museum of Science and Technology in San Antonio. Uh, Share a little bit more for the audience about it. Uh, How did that come about out there on the port?
0: Well, it, it came about as a passion project of its founder, David Monroe. And, you know, his claim to fame is that he invented the cell phone camera but he's done so much more than that over the years. You look at a lot of technologies in the law enforcement side, the military side, the healthcare side, he was behind that, particularly if it was image capture, encryption, transmission, de-encryption. What he wanted to do was open up a pathway for young people to really get interested in technology and use that as a springboard to their future. He had a campus up uh, across the street from the Dominion. We encouraged him to move on down to the port. We showed him a little bit about what we think the vision is, how we're looking to apply those technologies, and we sold him on it. He was willing to take a flyer and come down and open that museum. In the almost a year that he's been down there, he's got Systemic, the Geekbuck people to move in with him, the Cyber Texas Foundation. There's a meetup that takes place down there, and he's expanding this maker space that he has. And and we're really, really excited about that for two reasons. One, the ability to take people in and show them how you can actually work on these machines, how you can actually prototype something. And then two, for inventors in town, for people who are innovative, and they're looking for ways, how can I actually prototype something up so that I can show that this can be used in energy generation, this can be used in healthcare, this can be used in aviation it's an opportunity to go down there and have access to tooling and equipment that you normally just wouldn't have access to.
1: Yeah, and this is uh, all the way from super high-resolution 3D printers, and so just like your, your paper printer, laser printer, you've got the different DPI on those. 3D printers, there's kind of the consumer-grade one where you can make little uh, plastic army men toys out of them, uh, but then there's also the industrial ones like they have out there at SAMSAT where you can make super high-precision Um, high-quality, high-stress parts uh, that you could potentially go put in an airplane and actually test out. Um, and then there's also CNC machines where you can machine uh, metals, um, all of those that are all uh, robotic and programmatic and programmable. Uh, so those things are all out at that makerspace. So this is uh,
0: not just a, a spot with
1: a couple of computers and a couple of cheap uh, consumer 3D printers.
0: No, it's really exciting. And, and the stuff that's in the museum and the display center really is world quality. It's stuff that the Smithsonian wants to get their hands on. And not just figuratively, literally wants to get their hands on. David and the folks at SAMSAT and Systemic, in the past, since January, have brought almost a 1,000 young people through that museum on programs run in coordination with Systemic. This summer, they're running summer camps, weekdays during the summer. They're also open every Saturday from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. And we really encourage anybody listening this, come on out and see it if you haven't seen it before. And this is where we want to go. You know, we talk about that procurement issue. It is opportunities to show people what is being developed that lead to those opportunities of how are you going to apply it. You can't disrupt an industry unless you understand an industry. And there's no better way to get in front of the people who can actually buy your technology than going out there and showing what you're doing. Yeah,
1: and so the, uh you know what the price is for those Saturday tours? There is no price for the Saturday yeah. tour. Just it's show up 10 to 5. Show up 10 to 5. It's free. So if yeah you're looking at a way to uh, get your kids uh, some access, uh, exposed to technology, uh, but you're running a little bit short on the budget this month, um, it's just going to cost you the gas money to get yourself out there and back, and that'll be it. So uh, go over, check it out. It, it really is a, a great uh, museum, uh, new to the area, can use your support and donations a little bit. David will... Um, probably appreciate maybe even your time and energy if you would uh, be willing to donate that, that to him more so than the, the money. I think they'll take money as well, but your time and energy like uh, Drew and Dale getting out there and getting involved uh, and, and others. Uh, if you have a desire in this space to help uh, kids, to help tell the technology story, to get more folks interested in this and uh, to tell the history of, of everything that's going on here. Uh, they would uh, love to have you out there uh, with them uh, on their mission together. Uh, Cyber Texas Foundation is another, gym that you mentioned that I think is co-officing um, out of that facility. We've had uh, some folks from Cyber Texas Foundation uh, on the program before. Uh, you can go to our past uh, episodes at www.cybertalkradio.com and learn more about Cyber Texas Foundation. But one of their big missions has been. Uh, the expansion of cyber patriot uh, here all across the san antonio area to where uh, we are now the uh, largest uh, number of cyber patriot teams out of any metro uh, anywhere in the u.s. Uh, so we've got kids uh, getting interested in in cybersecurity and technology uh, but there's always more that can happen because even with everything we're doing um, my numbers seem to tell me we're going to be somewhere between a half a million and maybe as many as two million uh, jobs uh, open that are not going to be able to be
0: filled Uh, by the middle of the next decade. Oh, that's what we hear. There's 0% unemployment for folks who really know what they're talking about when it comes to cybersecurity. Yeah. Uh,
1: I guess uh, other things going on, if you're in the the Air Force uh, or thinking about joining the Air Force, um, you can listen to uh, Air Force Cyber Recruiting on another one of the uh, past uh, CyberTalk radio programs. That is still something that's active there. Uh, The Air Force is uh, growing their number of cyber professionals. Uh, They're looking to help uh, folks uh, pay for, uh, that education, uh, to go learn all these things. So money should not be, uh, a reason why you don't get involved in cybersecurity. Uh, there's, uh, with that job shortage, there's so many folks out there that, uh, scholarship programs and lots of things available, uh, for you to be able to, to get that cybersecurity education, uh, paid for if you've got the passion and interest and show the desire and we'll do a little bit of legwork yourself to learn about the the different different options and opportunities so jim i know as we uh got started on this program today we talked about the new 90,000 square foot building that, that opened up as, as part of project tech um and that was kind of the the first building is is the first real um open phase of that and of the bigger and broader mission um, we got announced in May, um, when it got announced, there was this discussion of that there was already somebody that was going to move in, take right. a, a good chunk of the building. Um, that, that got announced here in uh, the end of June, so May, the building announcement, grand opening ceremony, the end of June. Um,
0: who, who was the, uh, the first one to come out and uh, move in there at Project Tech? Well, we're really excited for several reasons. It was Lockheed Martin that launched this building. And and we're excited for a personal reason as well. Lockheed Martin was one of the companies that launched this port successfully 20 years ago. They were there to take a chance on it. The Alamo Academies program was really kickstarted by a woman named Marilyn Hewson. She was the VP who was in charge of this site not that long ago. And she is now the chairwoman, president and chief executive officer of the Lockheed Martin Corporation. So Lockheed really has been a friend to this community, and seeing them as our launch customer for this building is just fantastic. But it's also fantastic because of what they're doing. You know, this, the projects that they're pursuing, the programs that they're pursuing, really do show that San Antonio has the potential to be a major player in this cyber world. We talk a lot about the 24th Air Force and the 25th Air Force. Less spoken about is HNC, the Life Cycle Management, the folks who actually buy the services, the technologies, the equipment that the Air Force uses. And they're located right here at Port San Antonio as well, right at the Lackland Annex. And as what we're seeing is not just us talking about this future for cybersecurity in San Antonio, but when companies like Lockheed Martin are opening a cybersecurity center here, when Northrop Grumman's opening their cybersecurity center on this property, when you have companies like Iomax's, IP Secure, Booz Allen, Radiance, Fidelis, you've got to get to the mindset that there's something actually going on, that there really is a reason to invest in this industry in San Antonio. And then people say, Jim, do you really mean it when you say that you can apply these technologies to aviation? And yes, we absolutely can. You may have seen the news a while back that Boeing is doubling the employment on their campus. Can't tell you exactly how many people that is. It's an awful lot. They have a 170-acre site down there. And one of the big reasons they're doing it is because of the fa 18 program. They're taking these airplanes that are almost as old as we are, Brett, and they're upgrading them to modern standards. And yes, part of that is making sure the wings will last and the engines will last and all that good stuff, but a lot of it is taking airplanes that were designed in a different era with different communications and different security protocols and different flight decks and upgrading them to the modern standard. Standard Aero has announced they're putting the better part of $15 billion worth of work maintaining engines into the Port San Antonio site. And again, it's going to come with a tremendous number of jobs. But that's not just turning wrenches. That is taking engines that are getting older. And one of the things that Standard Aero is very justifiably proud of, and that we're proud of to have them in this community, is they're using big data and analytics and data to make those engines more efficient and last longer generating more power when they come out now than they did when they originally went in. And that's a matter of changing the materials that were being used, changing the geometry within the engine, that type of applied technology. The next phase, of course, is as you start to connect up these aircraft, making sure that it's secure. And this is where we see tremendous opportunity in San Antonio. So we're personally ecstatic about Lockheed launching this building, Lockheed launching us figuratively on this next stage in our evolution. But we also use that as validation.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's great to see them uh, come in and, and take that first chunk of the space there. Uh, and I think one of the, the uh, great things that you have going on out there it's a, a number of private sector companies working private sector contracts, but then you have separate space nearby, separate teams on missions that may be classified, that may require uh, classified facilities and classified space, uh, and all of that can happen out there at the port. Uh, and you have you have construction partners that know how to build that. You have. Uh, folks that have, have gone through and done that already with other buildings uh, on the site so you can have a good idea of what can get approved and what cannot get approved and, and how uh, all those things can go along. And uh, this is, is one that makes uh, San Antonio a special place because you, you look at having all the pieces in the ecosystem to be able to bring that type of stuff online, to be able to have uh, hundreds of folks every month that are, are um, retiring out of the uh, services here at a joint Base San Antonio Uh, that already have clearances that can come work in these facilities uh, for you. And and maybe they have a clearance and exactly the skills you need. Maybe they have a clearance and they don't have the skills you need. But with uh, companies like Microsoft putting the uh, Software and Systems Academy here, uh, they can run you through. You could have been an aircraft mechanic in the Air Force, and now you are – um, getting trained on cybersecurity, and you're going to come back and, and work um, in doing cybersecurity for aeronautic systems and understand both ends of, of that. So you, you've got a broad set
0: of, of talent and uh, the capabilities out there kind of end-to-end at that facility. Yes, we absolutely do, and we, we're not forgetting that education and training component either. First of all, we want to see even more connectivity with the areas where you can truly train Young people in this town, and frankly, not so young people. Yeah, whether it you
1: could have been, you could be a, a sergeant. Twenty years of, of aeronautics um, mechanic work in the the Air Force, and you could go through the Microsoft Software and Systems Academy, start your next career. Because I mean, Absolutely. most people that retire from the military in their late 30s or early 40s, they're not ready to really be retired. They still
0: want to go on that mission. That's right, and we want to keep them here be, because they're people with a lot of skills and a lot of talent not just programs like Castech, UTSA, A&M San Antonio, Our Lady of the Lake. We've got the San Antonio uh, Multidisciplinary Security Operations Center down on our property where they're doing some wonderful things, teaching young people, teaching transitioning veterans, truly how to be cybersecurity professionals, particularly people who understand the industries that they're working on. What we'd like to see as the next step is more connectivity between the different areas of town. We see some wonderful things going on at UTSA. They're absolutely well known and well recognized. But we've got five institutions in this city that have that NSA DHS certificate on their academic programs, which is almost unheard of. We've got programs like Texas A&M San Antonio, which really are building a deserved specialty in that internet of things and that connected devices. We see wonderful things at the high schools, uh, not just the Information Technology Security Academy, not just cast Tech, but an awful lot that's going on. And this has been something, I'm new to technology. It, it strikes me that we talk about a cybersecurity and technology industry, and I'm really starting to be of the opinion that that doesn't exist. It's like when people say the manufacturing industry. Well, you're manufacturing potato chips, you're manufacturing cars, you're manufacturing computers. Yeah. When I see cybersecurity, when, when I see big data, it's really how you apply it, and, and as you said, the application that you're going to have in one industry is going to be completely different than the application in the other industry. This is our advantage in San Antonio. We've got really deep bench in cybersecurity, people who understand the technology. We've got really, really deep benches in energy, in healthcare, in aviation, in manufacturing. And if we can put that together, then it's going to be great things for all of San Antonio.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a time and topic for another program, but the the healthcare Internet of Things is you you start looking. If you have a a pacemaker right now, your pacemaker probably has Bluetooth in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And frankly, that would scare me quite a bit because we've seen lots of problems with Bluetooth over the years. And I mean, this is just a real great example of how um, this security technology needs to get baked into everything. Um, I mean, if I don't have the pacemaker, but if I did, I would be figuring out and asking, how do I turn the Bluetooth off? Um, and it, with the the airplanes, I mean, we all want to get on planes that know where they're going. Um, and I think it was a bit of bad news for the Navy um, when the boats ran into each other out there in the, the Pacific or this last year. I mean, the, so there's bad things happening out there. There are bad people doing things to systems that Functioning under normal conditions are going to run great, uh, but we need to be thinking about the what could bad folks do to exploit these different types of systems under not ideal situations. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, Jim, for the, the mission for the port, so you guys are, are 20 years in, and uh, you, you've been out there now for how many years? Three years. Three years for you. So uh, let's uh, double up your term. So what does is, what is, uh, success look like three years out from, from now in the port,
0: maybe project tech specific, but just for the, the port overall? What we'd like to see three years from now is several thousand more people working in applying technology on the property. But more important than that, we'd like to see it seamless. When people think of San Antonio, I don't want them thinking, Port San Antonio is where you go for applied technology. I don't want them thinking downtown is where you go for cloud and app. I don't want them thinking UTSA is where you go for education. If we can truly start closing this market, I get so frustrated when I hear really great companies in San Antonio and you ask who are your customers and they're almost all out of town. And we've got people in this city who are some of the biggest companies, some of the biggest buyers in the world buying technology and they're buying it from out of town. What we want to do is be part of the catalyst for closing that market, and you close that market, I shouldn't say close the market, you close the circle so that the buyers and sellers are connected, that's where you're going to grow that market. And more important, you're going to have that spin-off so that we are selling these technologies to the world. If we do that, we can write our own future.
1: Thank you very much for uh, joining us this week, Jim. If you uh, just tuned in to... uh Us on 1200 WA right now, you can listen to the rebroadcast and replay of this on Tuesday, July the 10th. It'll be up on our website on www.cybertalkradio.com.